Hello, everybody. My name is Jared. I play Lonnie Haybear in Rad Rolls. And uh, today we will be rolling up characters for our Starfield one shot. Um, Starfield, an exciting new property coming out from Bethesda on September the something? First like or sixth. Okay, I First think I have pay money sixth if you pay less money. Ah, okay. So pay to play, pay to win, pay I mean, I guess you win if you play early. I don't know. So that we are doing a uh one shot adventure that commemorates the release of Starfield. Um as you know, we've played several. We, we've we've paid homage to several Bethesda properties on the Radrolls podcast, and um, I have been asked to run our Starfield one shot for better or for worse. Now, I have a lot of experience with uh, Starfinder, which is a Paizo product who just recently announced today at Gen Con that they will be. Uh, doing a second edition Starfinder. It's a little too early to be uh, doing second edition Starfinder. And uh, there's a, a wealth of sci-fi properties out there as far as tabletop games go that we could use for uh, this particular one shot. But uh, I've opted to go with the Cypher system, which is a um, published by Monty Cook. Um, they recently had a very successful Kickstarter, I believe it was, with a lot of additional properties. So I will be using the Cypher system sort of standard reference document. It's the second edition, the revised edition that came out a few years ago. It is genre agnostic, doesn't really have any one-shots or anything. It's basically the, the bare-bones Cypher experience to try to get you to create your best game. In addition, I'll be using some of the source book, The Stars Are Fire, which came out, I believe, in 2020, which incorporates some sci-fi elements. So we'll be using that to help supplement things. But this is going to be pretty free form. If you're looking for a reference to kind of like, hey, what did they run? You're, you're not going to find this. This is going to be um, quite a bit of homebrew, quite a bit of rules fudging to get this to work but work it will I'm, I'm pretty confident that this will make for a very good starfield experience even though we don't really know what starfield is we know that it is skills laden similar to uh, our um elder scrolls games but I, I think this will allow us the flexibility to really do what we want to and that's kind of what todd howard's uh you know, laid upon us is like you can do whatever you want. And I think the system's going to help us do whatever we want. And to start, we need some heroes. So, for those of you following along, maybe interested in uh, the Cypher system, I'll try to give you page numbers and stuff and sort of walk you through what we'll be doing. But I believe Cypher system's probably new to all of the players here, with the exception. Of Dave. Dave had the opportunity to play a little bit of Cypher system at a local gaming convention. I ran a 
one shot that was inspired by the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom which should give you an idea of how flexible the cipher system is as far as adventures and whatnot so dave has a little bit of experience but those were pre-generated characters and we're going to be making fresh brand new heroes slash heathens to uh get me yeah, some and with that experience i'll win i'll just win yeah so uh this is a game where you win and uh since he's already caught it he gets five points so you, everyone's already behind dang, dang. wow yeah it, it's kind of rough so um so for us to start uh, chapter four of the cipher system document is creating your character and this kind of walks you through the process of making a character now cipher system has a general format which sort of describes your character so uh, for example jared is a adjective noun who verbs so the, the noun is kind of the type of your character so there's um a warrior an adept a speaker and an explorer those are kind of like your four major classes so the adjective kind of gives you some additional flavor for what this type of character is. And then the verb is what's called your foci. So this sort of gives you some additional feats. This gives you additional powers, addition, additional abilities. All of these things combine to create a character that's very unique. So you have multiple pools that you're kind, kind of uh, drawing from to create this character. In addition to those four types, there are flavors. I know I used flavor uh, a little bit earlier. That was a bit malapropos. But flavors actually will adjust some of these characters a little bit more. So um, there's like a magic flavor. There is a skills flavor, a technology flavor. These sort of influence those types a little bit more to fine-tune what this character is. Because there were only four classes. And it's like, okay, there's Warrior, there's Speaker, which is kind of like your, your face character, uh, your Adept, which is kind of your magic character, and your Explorer, which is kind of a catch-all. So if you're not really happy with any of those, you can actually adjust them and tweak them a little bit with those flavors, with those um, adjectives, with those verbs to make something that's going to be a, a bit more close to what you had in mind. So there's... Um, so we'll get into it. So let, let's talk about character concepts a little bit and see what people had in mind and what they wanted to play. And I'm just going to roll a D4 and figure out who goes first. Oh, David, you get to go first. David, tell us about your character concept. What, what are you envisioning your Starfinder character to be like? finder character um it's a different game yeah starfield about star now star right so uh star, well the the piezo knows yep i'm gonna have to put that in big letters somewhere because i'm probably gonna do that very we're often we're gonna change you, jared we're gonna change you slowly we'll be melting your brain down and changing you and starfinder won't exist anymore and there will just be the starfield um my character uh I've decided that I, I want to uh, play a robot. Um, this uh, robot 
uh, has been like has his personality chip like deactivated for like several inordinate amount of time um, so that it's pretty much seen some uh, seen some shit and is pretty uh, uh, what would I say it's pretty good at a lot of stuff uh, via its gadgets and I, I was thinking some of the classes or the, you know the, this four classes an adept would probably be a good fit for like a robot that is effectively inspector gadget like is not necessarily equipped to do all these things but can like you know shoot fire out of his hand or you know do, do like yeah effectively what is magic but based on like oh yeah i'm like if you've watched inspector gadget inspector gadget doesn't necessarily have the most like feasible gadgets but he's definitely got some pretty advanced technology that he's working with you know what i mean that may seem like magic i'm trying to make a a, a, a thing that inspector gadget was indeed a magician yeah i mean essentially magic is just technology that we haven't quite figured out yet so right. uh I, I like that idea, and I think some of the powers. I tell myself in the, every night before I go to bed. I mean, who among us hasn't? <laughs> so I think that is a clever way of using the adept's magic and incorporating that into, you know, a a character. And that's the nice thing about Cipher too is that, you know, you can have a game with you know, robots and humans and aliens and all this stuff and it really doesn't like influence it, it's not like a fifth ed where there's big differences between how uh, a dwarf plays versus an elf like there's not you know massive difference like you want to play a robot sure you know it, it's more for like flavor and story and stuff anyway so i i right. do like that concept so we have a um a robot with the personality chip that's been sort of um, experienced and with a uh, an assorted array of gadgets available to it. So next up, we have uh, Mike. So what what is our character concept? All right, I I want to play a guy who used to be a famous sports figure. Like, he was a Joe Namath, uh, Michael Jordan, a Shaquille O'Neal type, where he was really famous at one point and considered one of the best in his sport. Um, and then, you know, got injured uh, and was not good with his money and has basically lost everything and is now just, like, a workaday guy with, like, probably taking, like, odd jobs and he still sometimes get rec- gets recognized. Um, he still kind of like talks about the glory days, but is kind of like beaten down. But uh, gets a little glimmer in his eye when anyone does recognize him. Okay, so, I like it. So with this character, are you thinking that like if they did like a pickup game of their sport? I know with the injuries and everything, but if they just did like a pickup game, would they still dominate? Yes. And so I, I originally I was thinking like now he's like kind of too broken, but I recently saw a video of a guy who's like, he's the lowest ranked NBA player 
and like gets dogged on by fans, but he literally did an open challenge of like to do one on one with anyone. And he just still mopped the floor with all these guys. And he even did like three on ones. And he still like just dominated these these other like basketball fans who just thought because he was the lowest ranked NBA it's, player. It's just a completely different rate. tier. Like it's yeah, just yeah. it doesn't matter that he's uh, effectively like medically retired or anything like that. It, they just completely he's dominate still regardless. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Um how do you feel about uh, when he did interviews? Were they um, were they articulate or were they like Ricky Henderson or were they uh, like how? I have gone kind of back and forth, but I think he's like a Joe Namath smooth guy. Like he could have maybe gone into broadcast and whatever the Starfield equivalent of like TV broadcasting is, but he just didn't. Uh, okay, so I say he's, he is well spoken um, and probably has a bit of charisma, um, gotcha. especially like at his heyday. So some advertiser would have saw him and like we need to put him on our brand. Oh, a hundred percent. He was doing commercials. Okay, and got it. Like he maybe some somewhere has like a still a lifetime supply of some food stuff that he endorsed. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And now that's like all he can afford to eat. Yeah, it's like man, this is. These Salisbury steaks, I get yeah. sick of them, but they fill my tummy. Yeah. So, are you envisioning like people just literally forgot about him, or like did he have like some sort of scandal, and that's why people are like, ah, eh, we're not too interested I, anymore. <laughs> I'm open to like him having like a a big fall from grace, but I was re- originally just thinking of it being like injury retirement. Like- He's like, ah, oh, I've got money. Like, just spent his money like MC Hammer. And then suddenly was like, gotcha. wait, what? Every, everything's gone? And then, like, everyone leaves him and he's just forgotten. So it's oh, like no, every I, person who's like, don't you look like Tony Hawk? And they're talking to Tony Hawk. Yes. Yeah, I think that's fucking hilarious. I think that's way better than, like, <laughs> every time. Because everybody it's, knows it's the name just... and they're looking right at him. They're like, you know, you look like Tony Hawk. So just to give you a little bit of context, the uh, the the call to adventure, uh, the the pre the the preamble for the call to adventure is going to be that you all have committed some type of like misdemeanor or crime, um, and are in custody of the Free Star Collective. Um, we'll we've got rollable tables for that, so we'll figure out, and that'll hopefully give you some inspiration as to what kind of got you in trouble. All right, let's roll to see who's going to talk to us next. Cody, oh, tell us well, about so excited. your character. So I want to do just like some fucking guy who was living <laughs> in his parents' basement and he was kind of just like freeloading there. He's working a dead-end job as a dishwasher at some like shitty little chain restaurant. He hasn't traveled anywhere. He's basically got no skills, but he's played a lot of video games. And he thinks that video games are how, like, like starships actually work and how, like, guns actually work. So he has all these, like, preconceived notions using video game logic. Um, and I think... So the idea that I had would be that his parents were like, not, nah, dude, you gotta, like... You gotta, like, get out. Like, you gotta leave retire having you in the basement fucking go do something 
So that's why he's forced to finally like leave his town. And I think I was reading through the the class descriptions, um, and something actually stuck out to me, ironically, in the adept section. Because a lot of it can kind of just be like chalked up to luck, it sounds like. And I think that would be really funny that this is a guy who has no business whatsoever knowing how to do anything, but inexplicably, the video game logic just like happens to just work works. out for him more often than not. Like he's like, oh yeah, I've seen this. You just move this throttle. And it just happens to be the right throttle, even in, in a spaceship he's never seen before. I just think just, that would be so funny. It's just where it appears. Um, and if I recall correctly, there's actually a, a foci that relates to video gaming. So we'll we'll get to that and see if it actually uh, fits with uh, what you uh, want to do. Um, I, I love this line here. You master powers or abilities outside the experience, understanding, and sometimes beliefs of others. <laughs> well, he's not going to have anything that's like magic, but people are going to be like, "How the, f- what? How the fuck did that work for you? Why? Why did that happen?" Uh-huh. <laughs> did it? It's, it's just... well. I mean, the results are right there. I mean, what? What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that'd be funny. And now we have. May, tell us about your character concept. So, I think I won't get into the specifics of it, but basically, um, a character who grew up, was born and grew up in a situation where uh, she basically wanted for nothing, where she could only fail up, that like she had an entire like lifetime of like legacy admissions and uh you know pre-arranged jobs and everything she could ever want ahead of her and basically decided she didn't want any of it because it didn't feel right so what we have is essentially a um a runaway nepo baby uh who has decided to go exploring and see the universe and do something on her own um basically a, a, a i'm thinking a cross between uh, Ella Woods and a human golden retriever. Uh, like, solid, looks-wise, a solid seven, very cute. Uh, not a lot going on upstairs, but she has a knack for, like, let's say, flying. So I was thinking piloting would be good for her. Okay. Now, at uh- at what time do you believe, like, what what age do you feel like your character sort of eschewed the family name? Like, was this a, I, I was in college and got sick of it? Was I a young adult? Did I do it before I was 18? Like, what, what, what are you envisioning? So I'm thinking she basically, uh, despite having money, privilege, and tutors and everything else, uh, her parents basically both ignored her up until the point that it was time to, time to start choosing where she'd go to school, what she would major in, what the rest of her life would look like. And at that point, she basically said, yeah, this, this, this doesn't feel right, and uh, uh, took all of the birthday money she had saved up in a, an account because that was hers and left everything else behind and like literal like her, her not not so great billionaire parents basically just left them in the uh, rearview mirror without a word just like bye 
Um, do you envision her parents trying to seek her out? Um, like trying to find her, or are they okay with this? Uh, I envision her mother uh, being somebody who actually has gotten to the point that she's actually taken out. Uh, like she's hired investigators to try and figure out where she is but of course she has no idea where to start looking she'd never start looking on on the outer edge of known colonized space she'd probably start in like belize or something and uh her uh, very shitty rich father her tech bro father is like eh, she'll get tired of it and come back that's a lot of money to say no to uh so he he's banking on the prodigal son her prodigal daughter returning yes. in this case. And yes, it, mom is throwing it, money at PIs with no real idea of where you might be. Okay. Right. Cause she had, she had no idea. She knew nothing about her daughter except that she's a solid seven unless she's dressed up and then she's, she's broaching a nine. <laughs> she, she didn't take the fine jewelry. So, uh, no, no, she left all of that. She only took what she thought was hers, which would be all the birthday money she's gotten over the years and not spent because why would she need to? I mean, she, she probably had at like one of those Tonka toy truck versions of a spaceship when she was like 10. And like, that's all she ever wanted was to be able to fly around and stuff. So gotcha. she, she picked it up early. So we have some character concepts, some really solid ones. I like it. Um, so the cipher system has uh, three main stats. There's your might, your intellect, and your speed. Um, and these pools kind of dictate how much you are capable of. Um, and these pools are also like your hit points, so they will dwindle as you take damage. These pools also sort of power some of your abilities, so they'll kind of dwindle as you um, use some of your abilities. Um, you have a stat called uh, Edge, which sort of reduces the cost that some of these abilities will require. So the more Edge you have, the more liberal you can be with some of these powers without them kind of cutting into the, the equivalent of your hit points. And then you have a stat called Effort, which for everyone is one. And Effort allows you to spend points in exchange for making tasks easier or in combat, allowing you to deal more damage to an enemy, which is especially important if you're uh, dealing with an enemy that has armor. Uh, since uh, damage, you don't actually roll damage. Your weapons have a flat damage rate, so you have a, a good idea of the effectiveness without having to rely on, like, oh, let me hope I roll high on this D6. Not what's going to happen. So... Let's see here. So we are going to try to figure out our type. So we have four types that we've talked about, and we have uh, several different flavors that we can also uh, talk about and figure out what we want to do. So our, our, our types, uh, the first type is warrior. So this is, in science fiction, this would be your security officer, your warrior, your trooper, your soldier, your merc. Now, I don't know if that fits with anyone here, actually. I don't know if we have too many warriors. Now, the nice thing is, if you do feel like you're combat-based, there is like a combat flavor, so you can always tag on some combat abilities to you know, something like that. But it, it didn't really seem like anyone 
uh, had warrior. Now, individual role, I'll read this just in case, um, because Mike is probably the, the closest thing I would see to it. Uh, warriors are physical, action-oriented people. They're more likely to overcome a challenge using force than by other means, and they often take the most straightforward path towards their goals. That description would be the only thing that would make me kind of lean, like maybe just because of your physicality, um, because you can always flavor it with something else if you want to. Mm. Yeah, I was I wasn't thinking warrior; I was thinking more explorer. But okay, well, we'll we'll go through these. We'll we'll talk through all of them because, like, again, we don't have like the you know I'm I'm the. Uh, PMC dude with the guns and I, I get stuff to like we didn't have anything like that. Yeah. Um, our adept in science fiction, this would be your scion, your psionicist, the telepath, seeker, master, the scanner, an esper, the abomination. This is really like your your magic, magically touched person. Um, now, David already talked about you know uh, crafting his character so that the the magic was actually like the technology and cody had talked about his character having you know just not sure how but things just sort of work out and um you know allowing this i love the ward skill so it says in like the flavor text on the page there that sometimes they can just be like this invisible thing that you don't really recognize is there i think it's it would be so fucking funny to have this kid be like well duh the bullet didn't hit me my shield still has hit points yeah i've got <laughs> fuck, dude. My, my luck hasn't run out like it's yeah. fine i was i was ducking behind waist high cover uh i mean uh, why would it hit me um next is the explorer in science fiction this would be your explorer adventurer wanderer planetary specialist xenobiologist this is kind of like the catch-all i feel like it's like Anyone could probably easily fit into like this explorer role if they wanted to. Individual role, although explorers can be academics or well-studied, they are first and foremost interested in action. They face grave dangers and terrible obstacles as a routine part of life. So, you know, capable, well-balanced, that's kind of how I envision them. And then last is the speaker. So in science fiction, this would be your diplomat, your empath, your glam, your console, and your legate. So these are speakers are smart and charismatic. They like people, and more important, they understand them. This helps speakers get others to do what needs to be done. So this is like your your bard, your face. This is your your person that's going to be trying to use um, diplomacy and deception, and you know, trying to sense motive and read people and get this. So that that's kind of what we've got going on there. Um, and then as far as flavors, so you, you'll choose one of these four types. And then as far as flavors go, flavors begin on page 34. So there is a stealth flavor um, for people that like to sneak around a little bit, a technology flavor, um, which, you know, has things like data jack, hacker, machine interfacing, things that, you know, you want to, you, you want to deal with computers and stuff. There is the magic flavor, there's combat flavor, and there's skills and knowledge flavor. So, you know, between these, you've got a bunch of different combinations. Now, normally, 
if we were making our own cipher system game, you would make some type of class. Like, let's say you wanted to make a bard class, and your bard would be a speaker, and you might give them magic flavor. And then you would call that a bard. And if we... Um, I know I'm bouncing back and forth, but let's let's take a look at like the speaker, for example. So on page 32, there's all these special abilities that a speaker gets. And that's kind of like the menu that they get to select from. If we were playing a normal cipher game and made like a bard, we would take some of those magic flavors and replace some of these special abilities with it. So basically what I'm doing is I'm just letting you have all of them available instead of saying like, well, you can't have inspire aggression, but you can have this magic or whatever. You basically get the full menu. Otherwise you would be doing substitutions to make like this bard character to make that a class that you could use in whatever supplement that you're putting out for cipher system. So what this effectively does is gives you access to another smaller menu of choices for your character. So I'll start with David because I think he's, you know, he's kind of thought about this a, a little bit. So it seemed like that you were interested in ADAPT. Right. ADAPT um, it, it, with, uh, you know, I don't know how much like mental power like a robot would have. You know what I mean? Like the the ability to like do a lot of like mental magic but like repurposing like a you know effectively like a force push or something like that that could be like easily described as like a robot would do yeah you know what i mean well uh, and maybe some way to manipulate gravity perhaps a little bit well like and, a gravity dampener field and intellect is going to allow you to like i imagine that being like the processing power of a robot right, so maybe fine. like the batteries for example right um did you think about any of the flavors like i don't the know technology flavor makes the most sense because i'm a you know i'm a machine made for space travel yeah you are a technology you are I am a technology you, you are i a am technology. the table right, oh like wrestling gym. so um so I just brought up your character sheet, David. I don't know if that showed yeah. for everyone. So under um, type, you can put um, adept. And if you want to put in parentheses, right. you can do like technology or tech or something like that. So we've determined what your type is. And what that means is when you look at those abilities, you can select from all of those. Cool. Um so an adept, if we go to page da, 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 page 24, um, we you start with a stat pool. So your starting stat pool is 7 might, 9 speed, and 12 intellect. And then you get... Nine, twelve. Mm -hmm. And then you also get 6 additional points to divide among your stat pools however you want. So... You can balance it out. You can min-max. You can do what you want. But your your starting pool, those are kind of the minimums that you're dealing with. Cool. Um, so as a first-tier adept, uh, you get an effort of one. Everyone will start with an effort of one. That's kind of like the base for a tier, uh, tier one uh, character. 
um, you will get an intellect edge of one. What that means is if you're spending any type of uh, intellect to exert effort or use an ability, you'll reduce the cost by one. Um, you will be able to bear three ciphers at a time. Ciphers are kind of special powers that are meant to be spent. You get them, you use them. Don't hoard them like Phoenix down, like you just, you know, this is this is free to use. Um, there's information about starting equipment, weapons, and special abilities, and we'll get into that a little bit more if you want to start taking a look at some of those special abilities. Now, those special abilities also include the tech ones, so you'll get to choose four, and um, we'll go from there. Okay, choose so, four from the abilities, and then the ciphers we'll cover later. Correct. Ciphers are kind of uh, randomly rolled. Cool. But yeah, the abilities are, are what you'll get there. And then like the descriptor and the foci will also give you like different abilities. All right. So, Cody, you were also thinking adept, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you thinking any of the other flavors or? I mean, I kind of like the self flavor. Self flavor? So, I like the idea that. He just happens to find himself getting out of trouble when he shouldn't. Like there's I, a bad situation, he's just like, I'm I'm just gonna back away. And that just it just happens to work. Yeah. Because I like that some of the stealth abilities are danger sense, opportunist, yeah. mm-hmm. ledger domain, goad, and just like general stealth skills as well. So I think that gives you uh, a lot of additional uh options to kind of play that out. Okay. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking? I'm now, like, looking at it a little bit more. I think Speaker... Okay. Um, with Combat Flavor. I think that might actually be I, the best. I combo. like it, because now at this point in your career, you know, you, you can rely a bit more on your celebrity rather than your body, right. but you've still got it. Mm-hmm. Like, you've still right. got yeah. it if you need to. You've become the brains instead of the body. I, I well, I like the speaker because there's a lot of like bits in there about like uh, r- random people helping you or just like kind of um, like almost charisma bonuses in a way that I feel like plays into like the celebrity of like someone noticing him or recognizing him or being able to like play that card. Um, yeah. In situations. And, and the nice thing is, like, as far as skills go in this game, they can be pretty, pretty general. And one thing I'd already had in mind for you is maybe a skill of, like, being recognized. Mm. Like, anytime <laughs> being recognized might be helpful. It eases that a little bit. So, like, oh, you're, I remember you. You played for the, the, the Death Knights. You're, uh, you know, that type of deal. All right. Uh, and May, what do you think about your character? Uh, I think I'm firmly in the explorer category. Okay. Um, uh, knack for flying, exploring, maybe intuitively can uh, uh, look and see things that most people would kind of just dismiss because to her, everything is new and shiny, so everything should be explored. Um, uh, as a little... Uh, aside, um, I think anything involving um, like the company that is owned by her uh, um, 
her uh, family that she has an unusual uh, knowledge of those particular uh, components. Like basically, um, it's a big company. They make a lot of stuff. It's it's probably like a, a like a a power provider of products type thing, like a conglomerate, and anything that essentially uh, she'd be super familiar with being able to know what its value is, how to repair it, where you can get it. Yeah. So, so components. Yeah. So Cypher Systems really good about having skills that are like lore or, you know, like any other type of knowledge. So like you could have lore about this particular company and it could come up and they could uh, ease those. Um, now, cool. did, did you have any, um, were you interested in any of the flavors? Because I might it, recommend the skills Please and do. knowledge flavor just mm-hmm. because it opens up a large suite of some of those. So interaction skills, investigative skills, knowledge skills, physical skills, travel skills. It opens up yes. a large suite of things that you could pull from to give yourself um, a lot of additional skills for. I like I like that a lot. Okay. So yes, I'm saying that's definitely a yes. Cool. So Dave, you are looking adept with technology flavor. Cody, mm-hmm. you are looking adept with stealth flavor. Mm-hmm. Mike, you are looking at speaker with combat flavor. And May, you are looking at explorer with uh, skills and knowledge flavor. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, next we go to Chapter 7, which is our descriptor. So this is the adjective that comes before the noun. So David, for example, is a adept. So now we want that adjective for the adept. Um, there is a, if you look at page 39 at the top, there is a, a breakout box that has all of the descriptors. So these descriptors are going to give you bonuses to your stat pools. They're going to give you an additional skill and a few other uh, additional things. So I don't know if anyone's had an opportunity to look at these and would like to um, volunteer one that might work for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. You can go first. I was looking at the wrong thing. So you go first. Oh, you fool. Uh, speaking <laughs> of... Foolish. Foolish. Um, okay. I was thinking... I lean. I was leaning towards Lucky, right? But being a foolish version of what's supposed to be, like, this really smart class, it just, it just feels right. Well, the... So the interesting thing about foolish is you get carefree. I know. Which you succeed more on luck than anything. Every time you roll for a task, roll twice and take the higher result. Oh, man. So, like, you're getting advantage on every roll. You take a hit to your intellect pool. Which I but, think is great. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you listening at home, foolish, uh, you gain the following characteristics. Unwise, which is a minus four to your intellect pool, which does not happen often with these descriptors. Carefree, you succeed more on luck than anything. Every time you roll for a task, roll twice and take the higher result. Intellect weakness, anytime you spend points from your intellect pool, it costs you one more point than usual. Intellect defense is hindered, which means that it's a step more difficult. 
Um, any task that involves seeing through a deception, an illusion, or a trap is hindered. Um, so there's some pretty big penalties, but the ability to basically roll twice on every single task is going to allow you to succeed on dumb luck on occasions, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I like I like the idea of being in it. I like the intellect penalty. I like that this is like... <laughs> He's just going to be worse at things than everybody else. And I think that's hilarious. All right. Anyone else have a uh, descriptor they'd like to volunteer? No, I was looking at resilient. Okay. Um, um, But mm, like there's most of it I like, but some of it I don't necessarily like. Um, I don't know. Hmm. New resilient or risk taking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not sold on which one yet. So I feel okay. like I got to look a little bit more. Okay, I'm thinking for mine, maybe doomed. Doomed. I like. Okay. I like that one. I thought about that one too. I think so- doomed because, like, the idea is this robot has been like has seen some stuff and really doesn't have a lot of trust in in humans so i was like back and forth between skeptical maybe and doomed but i kind of like the idea of like sometime this robot is like somebody's gonna fuck him up he's gonna get you know thrown into a black hole or something he's just waiting until it happens so i i like this actually because it fits into the fact that you are a robot so, uh, Doomed gives you a plus two to your speed pool. Uh, it gives it makes you trained in perception-related tasks. Uh, it makes you trained in speed defense tasks. Uh, it makes you trained in intellect defense tasks having to do with losing your sanity or equanimity. So, <laughs> why would you know? Why would you have to worry about sanity as a robot? Like you're ultra rational. But Doom, every other time the GM uses GM Intrusion on your character, you cannot refuse it, and you do not get XP for it. Uh, but you still get an XP to award to other players. Um, this is because you are doomed. The uh, universe is a cold, uncaring place, and your efforts efforts are futile at best. Yeah. So um, one mechanic in this game is the GM Intrusion. So basically, I can kind of deny a success or implement some type of intrusion that makes things go wrong for you all and as a result you get experience so it, let's say I intrude upon David for example he would get two experience one that he keeps and one that he gives to another player for whatever reason it might be because Mike saved the party or Cody said something funny or May is a great pilot you know it, it could be any of those things and you know xp is sort of your currency to be able to do your own intrusions or to advance your character or anything like that so what this is saying is that some of the times when i do gm intrusions on david um he won't get xp for it and he has to accept the intrusion everyone else will get rewarded for it it'll be fine but um david's robot on the other hand um it's going to be rough going for them. Yeah, please put it on hard mode. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. There you that. go. 
you, you want to track uh, hunger and thirst, apparently. <laughs> and ammo yeah, has now weight. I gotta, now I gotta manage that. Yeah, hunger and thirst for a robot. And I'm I'm curious how that one works. I guess it's like I gotta choose some like D battery oil and different oil, <laughs> coolant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, charge levels. Some freon. Yeah. All right. Mike, May, any ideas? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Naive for mine. Which one was, did you say? Uh, Naive. Naive. Yeah, and uh, the initial link to the starting adventure, I gotta do number four. Sounded like fun. All right, let's see here. Naive. So, Naive, you get a plus one to your recovery roll. So, uh, you're able to recover pulls. Uh, kind of like a short rest and a long rest. So anytime you do a recovery roll, you'll get a bonus plus one to that D6 roll. Okay. Trained in intellect defense skills uh, and all tasks that involve resisting temptation. Um, am I trained in it or am I hindered by, uh, hindered in being you able to are, do it? You are trained. Okay. Uh, so you're trained in tasks that involve resisting temptation. Okay. So... Um, you're wide-eyed. You're trained in perception. Uh, perception too. But yeah, yeah, you have an inability that involves seeing through deceptions or determining someone's secret motive. Okay. So those things are are hindering you. I um, uh, so it's hard for me to tell what somebody's motive might be. Correct, but okay. Um, yeah, resisting temptation though, like you can kind of do that, but it's hard to. Like, if someone's peer pressuring you into drinking alcohol, you can avoid it. But, like, knowing why they want you to drink the alcohol, that's what you're having issues with. Ah, gotcha. Yep, that sounds good. All right. Mike, what you got? Any ideas? I'm, I'm going to ask for advice on this one from, okay. the, uh, from the GM. I'm right. look, okay, I'm looking at hardy or uh, impulsive. I kind of like impulsive. Impulsive. Let's take a look at impulsive. That, that seemed like what you're leaning toward because you're talking about your 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 money foibles. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of seemed uh, impulsive. Let's see here. Uh, you have a hard time tamping down your enthusiasm. Why wait when you can just do it and get it done? You deal with problems when they arise rather than plan ahead. Putting out the small fires now prevents them from becoming one big one later. You're the first to take risks, to jump in and lend a hand, to step into dark pastures and to find danger. Your impulsiveness likely gets you into troubles. While others might take time to study the items they discover, you use such items without hesitation. Um, so you would get you would get reckless, which gives you a bonus to your speed pool. You become trained in initiative, so and you're trained in speed defense actions. So this feels like really good for like a, a sports uh, person. Yeah. Uh, inability, you'll try anything once but quickly grow bored after that. Any task that involves patience, willpower, or discipline is hindered. So this seems like, you know, I want to buy that jet ski and you use it yeah. once and you don't use the jet ski anymore. And it just kind of sits there. And so I, I, I kind of like impulsive. Like it gives you the bonuses where they need to be. And I think it feeds into maybe some of the the money troubles and stuff that uh your character may have had in their former life yeah yeah i think i like that okay so too many hammer pants and hoverboards (laughs) 
so when you look at your character sheet, that that is what goes before. Um, that's your descriptor. So character name is a impulsive uh, speaker, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now we go to the bottom of this because this was a, a pretty large section of verbiage here. We go to chapter eight, which is your focus. Um, and it talks a lot about this until we get to about page 64. And um, this is where. Ah, so Dave, you're, you're already getting your. Uh, special abilities and stuff in there regretfully there's not an srd to be able to pull those in but that's fine so um there's not like a great list of these foci so you'll start at page 64 and kind of scroll through and uh see what's available um so let's see now, some of these foci are not going to be appropriate for every genre. So some of them, if it doesn't seem like it's appropriate for sci-fi, we'll have a discussion. But, you know, that's uh, that's kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to cast lightning bolts. Like, okay, tell me how that works. Um, now, I believe... Mine's easy. I already found mine. Yeah, I think I know which one you're uh-huh. you're probably looking at. Um, and I'm checking. Let's see. I'm trying to see if you get one or all of the abilities in the uh, foci if it's got multiple. Hmm. I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So. Um, what was the exact verbiage of yours, Cody? Like it, it was um doesn't do much. Oh, it's not the one I thought you're going to uh um, oh, which one did you think it was gonna be? There was um let me see if I can find it here. Plays too many games. Yeah, okay, I did think about that one too. Okay. But I kinda I kinda like the doesn't do much. So the descriptor there. Oh, let me go back to. It. I was looking at the. Let's go Let's see here. Bit. Doesn't you're a slacker, but you know a little about a lot of things. There you go. Um, and then you get the life lessons as a. Uh, and you get totally chill. That's good. Yeah. So um, you'll you'll get the the tier one power, which yeah. If 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 this grew into something larger and you uh, made it to tier two, yeah. Um, Improvise life lessons. I also like uh, the GM intrusions there. New situations are confounding and stressful. <laughs> Past actions might come back to haunt the character. Oh boy. Love it. So that will be your foci, and you will get life lessons, which, let's see if I can find it here. Choose any two non-combat skills. You're trained in those skills. So, yeah, so that that helps expand some of your uh, uh, skills and stuff. All right. Who else has a foci they would like to look at? There are a lot of these. There are, there are quite a few. There's there, some good ones, too. There are. And again, th- this is sort of like a, a master source reference so if you were making your own like 
Starfield game, for example, we we would cut some of these out, make our own classes, all this stuff. So I've, I've really given you the encyclopedia to, to play with here. It's hard to pick. It is hard to pick because some of these have really cool powers. Shreds the walls of the world. That is badass. That that is a very evocative phrase. All right, I think I know what I what I want for mine. Okay, what are, what are you thinking? I'm trying to think of like what's something. Okay, employs magnetism. Employs magnetism. Let's let's find that here real quick. Employs magnetism that's page 67 you command metal and the power of magnetism and your tier one uh power is move metal yeah the reason i'm thinking this is like a doomed robot that is just like somehow magnetic to things just seems like pretty much a like great comedy character um because like you're just like walking past a wrench and it's like (laughs) (laughs) or depending on like the hard drive situation that you've got going on like you might be like Tony Starking this like you might be progressively killing yourself inadvertently right, yes. because of this power yes that's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of what I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of like something that would pair well with the robot being doomed um, you could go with loves the void <laughs> loves the void oh loves no. the void page 71 that involves um a spacesuit right yeah well uh so there's a type swap option so what that means is you can swap one of your um your tier powers like your type powers because you get four of those you can swap one for half spacesuit will travel if you want to Alternatively, like you don't have to do that, you'll still get vacuum skilled and microgravity adept. Maybe it can be like a requip where he can go from like everyday tools to actual like weapons of destruction. Okay, I think that <laughs> I think the employee's magnetism would probably be a pretty good one. Yeah, okay. I, I like a magnetic robot. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's like little little uh, refrigerator magnets all over the to, back of him that he can't get off. He's trying to like type something up, and he just like happens to bump into the wrong thing, and he's like got his hand stuck to the wall. He's like, mm-hmm. "Come on, come on, come, come on!" on. It's turn, turn. Oh, it's like um, uh, Miles Morales in the Spider Verse when he's just getting his powers and like trying to turn off the like. Okay, let's get off the ceiling. Let's yes. It's like yeah. stuck to Gwen Stacy's like hair and shoulder and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's good. All right, Mike may have anything that's tickling that fancy. I, I've got mine. I think. Uh, okay. Especially, I think this works really well for like for one shot short campaign. Is flies faster than a bullet? This tier one is hover. <laughs> Which I like nice. as he just had that uh, he had that ability, and so it's like the most minor kind of advantage in in a in sports. Like you know, I, I imagine more like a football player type, 
Uh, mostly because I, I don't like baseball and basketball seems weird in the future. But like, so he could just like he jumps up to catch the ball, and his timing was too much. But he could just hover until he's right in position to catch it. Think about all like, the how does he do that? Like all the opportunities, like just a little extra when you're jumping to catch the ball, like yep. when you're trying to dive to hit the end zone. Just have like mm-hmm. that little extra before you like hit the ground. And you hit a that boost uh, when you, when you're uh, hurdling over a guy, like or going over to the the, uh, the lineman or anything like that. Just the, just the little extra to um, a little boost. Yeah, I like that. All right, May. Any thoughts? So, I was thinking about doing pilot Starcraft, but I honestly think I'm going to have to go with learns quickly learns quickly so that is going to be page 71 you deal with bad situations as they arise learning new lessons each time so you will get enhanced intellect and there's your problem (laughs) so those will be uh two new skills for you so move metal just one intellect point but you have the uh intellect edge right so that's just so that's just free for you. You can exert force on metal objects within short range for one round. Once activated, your power has an effective might pull of 10, a might edge of 1, an effective 2. And you can use it to move metal objects, push against metal objects, and so on. For example, in your round, you could uh, lift and pull a tight metal object anywhere within range. Lift pull a light metal object. Uh, with anywhere within range yourself, move a heavy object about ten feet. Uh, no fine control. You can't use it on your own body. Power lasts for one hour until might pulls depleted. Whichever comes first. Okay, so yeah, you can use it, and it can exert might and stuff, and like just you could make your own cover, or you could do a lot of with that. I like it. It's the only ability that I have that's just one, and I think that makes sense for like what that character is. Yeah, otherwise that's going to get a little pricey, depending on what you got there. So that is your your foci. So you have um, your adjective, your noun, and your verb. And between all those things, you have a suite of powers and skills and uh, your stat pools and bonuses and stuff like that. So uh, if you haven't already, we won't get into that minutia tonight, but if you haven't already, it gives you an opportunity to figure out, like, okay, I can add those up and get that to where I, uh, where I want it. Um, let me look at the types here. So each type has information about weapons and starting equipment and stuff like that. So, uh, and also, there's not really um, currency in this game. Everything is sort of dictated as being like um, inexpensive, moderately priced, expensive, very expensive, that type of thing. And the the rule of thumb is that each of those is like an order of magnitude, like add a zero. So when I was fiddling around with it, I think I saw a rule of thumb where like something that's like very expensive would be like the price of a house. Um, and I 
used the uh, Tears of the Kingdom methodology for buying a house mm-hmm. and determined that something that inexpensive was about five rupees. And so the next step up was 50 rupees, 500 rupees, whatever. So when you look at equipment and stuff like that, um, it'll tell you like if it's inexpensive, expensive, anything like that. If you want to really load up on stuff that's like, well, I've got something I can buy that's expensive, but I don't know what I want. That could turn into like a bunch of moderately priced items, for example, if you want to kit out that way. Um, basically use rule of thumb like what you feel like it would be um if you can find something similar in the book great but you know like what would a a futuristic cell phone cost would that be like moderately priced would that be expensive that type of deal i think that actually goes into like the equipment and armaments which is in the uh, stars or fire book so um we don't have to get into that minutiae tonight um, we can always chat about that in Discord if you want to figure out how to kit out your character. Uh, but the the next thing I want to do is uh, do our rollable tables to figure out um, what your characters got into and why they are aboard uh, this. Um, let's see here the this Freestar Collective uh, penal vessel, <laughs> penal vessel. That's that's for the children at heart. Classic. <laughs> so well, it's already um, started. Now it's just going to be penis jokes for the rest of this entire yeah. thing. So looks like we're going to start with Cody. So Cody, I've got a set of rollable tables, and I want you to roll a D eight, and we're going to um, figure out your story. So, uh, Cody's character found themselves in a spot of trouble. Let's roll a D8. Is it R slash D8? Slash R space D8. R space D8. It's been a while since we've had to do that. I know. Seven. Um, so, uh, your prompt is, they started it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you reached out for a bit of help. Roll me another D8. Two. Um, all I have written here is the name Boris in quotation marks. So you reached out for a bit of help from Boris, and then roll me a final D eight because unlucky for you, three. Um, they did it for a laugh. Okay, so. Y- so your job is to figure out, okay, you, you're you on this penal colony ship, okay, for misdemeanor, not like, you know, death penalty, but you're, you're going to have to serve a, a little bit of time, okay? You are a menace to society. Um, you know, whatever happened, they started it. You reached out to Boris for a bit of help, but unlucky for you, they did it for a laugh. So they turned you in or did something for the lulls that that's that's your prompt all right it's just a prank bro he got i like i already know it he was streaming a video game and then his chat started like talking shit to him because he was really bad at the video game and so he started talking shit back to the chat but then somebody in the chat fucking swatted his ass the police showed up and he was like 
talking to his friend Boris and like, dude, the police just showed up. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Um, turns out Boris is the fucking one who called swatted him. him to get swatted him. <laughs> and then his mom was like, this is it. This, this is the final straw. Fucking police showing up to the house. You gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So they did. Okay. So your character got swatted while streaming. And yep. uh, the the main dude basically like inadvertently got it escalated. Um, okay, so whoever Boris is, that's like a username. That's great. Yeah, it's just fucking Boris swatted me. Okay, all right, Mike, you are up next for the rollable tables. You'll be rolling d sevens. Oh, okay. So slash r slash d seven slash r space d seven. Number four, you found yourself in a spot of trouble. Mistaken identity. Oh. Okay. Give me another D7. <laughs> the recognizable guy had a mistaken identity? Oh, no. Uh, three. Uh, you reached out for a bit of help uh, from the barkeep. <laughs> uh, unlucky for you, dot, dot, dot. Another D7? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So unlucky for you, uh, they were also complicit. <laughs> Nobody recognized <laughs> this man. That is so perfect. And it involves the barkeep. You try to get them, but they're also complicit with this. Like, no, you're the dude. You're you're them. Ah, uh, you're that guy. No, no, I don't. You, don't you recognize me? I'm. I'm you know who I am, right? And then turning to the barkeep, like. Oh, I am right. I'm not, not that guy. Exactly. I'm, the, I'm me. And you fail to realize somebody who used to show. play somebody who exactly. used yeah, to play college ball with you, and you don't remember. He's like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> don't act like you don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm impulsive. You, know. you talked about the 48 Death Knights all the time. Okay, I was on that team. <laughs> I've got the I, I used to have the ring upon it, but I had the ring. It used to be on this hand. You this can is, still see kind of the indentation. You've it's, made you've just made the sci-fi sport version of Bojack Horseman. Oh my god. I love it. It's pretty much perfect. Pretty much. It's beautiful. <laughs> What's that? that horse show? Oh, it was so good. All right, so you you can spin a story with those prompts to figure out how that got you uh, got you jailed, uh, Dave. You're going to be rolling d sixes. That was beautiful. Man. That was that was that was poetry. That was meant to be. Uh, <laughs> two. Okay, uh, you found yourself in a spot of trouble. Uh, so I have written the spouse found out. So this could be significant <laughs> other. Spouse, I know that's a bit scandalous for a robot, but Ooh. you know, fit. Just this could, this could be somebody else's spouse. Like it could be somebody else's spouse. Actually, it like could be a sex robot. Yeah, are you running against Fisto or something? <laughs> so you you just figure out what this means. These are very open ended prompts. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, you reached out for a bit of help, so roll me another d six. Um, I, I end up with a third cousin. <laughs> Maybe hey, I didn't uh, take. <laughs> I, 
Okay, so there's some family drama here, okay? You reached out to, like, whoever. Somebody's spouse is pissed. You reached out to third cousin of someone, okay? And then unlucky for you, dot, dot, dot. So good. So good. (laughs) Uh, They were an informant. (gasps) Oh, no. Mmm. So the spouse found out you spoke to a third cousin. They were an informant. So for whatever reason, you are now on this penal colony ship. Yeah, I think that I was probably a robot for like pretty much the main character of like what like the dashing rogue type. And um, he has like been cavorting about space, uh, sleeping with a number of different women. Um, since my personality chip I guess wouldn't be intact I have not uh, talked about this uh, the spouse found out that I knew about this and Mario's <laughs> uh, <laughs> spouse I like it not only is going after him but going after um, me for knowing and then um, I not knowing human um, like pretty much like knowledge family trees like Generally, I looked up the computer, a distant relative that maybe I could um, get advice about, which would be um, his, um, which would be a third cousin of him. And the um, the third cousin of him, it was actually a manufacturer for my type of robot (gasps) for deactivation. Oh, (laughs) so you're being, you're in the process of being maybe decommissioned. Got it. Yeah, because I you're, you're I'm, slated for a memory wipe. Oh, that's that's death. I'm so off the books now. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, unconventional arresting a robot, but this is not. You know, this is above my pay grade. Well, I'm just gonna do what I'm told. <laughs> All right, and May. Okay. Last but not least, uh, you're gonna be rolling some D5s to uh, pull oh. from this table. Okay. I got it. Um, All right. You found yourself in a spot of trouble. Dot, dot, dot. Time to pay up. Huh. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, You reached out for a bit of help. This would be another D5. Five. Um, A roommate. Ah. And then unlucky for you, they dot, dot, dot. Uh, hold on. Two. Um, unlucky for you, they had too much to drink. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So you found yourself in a spot of trouble. It was time to pay up. You reached out to a roommate, but unlucky for you, they had too much to drink. I think this is good for Nepo baby of like uh, yeah. This is situation perfect. Never without herself often before, and now she's like, wait, I need to pay. I need to pay rent in an apartment. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, uh, my roommate. All, all the money I had, I gave my roommate. Hey, what did you do with it all? Where did you get that thousand credit bottle of champagne that you just topped off? <laughs> Okay. Um, well, uh, I don't have the money for rent. She paid her rent, obviously. Before she spent the money on the booze. So we've got a um, 
someone who uh, was um, evicted for not paying rent. We have a mistaken identity. We have um, someone who was swatted and uh, someone who might be getting uh, decommissioned. And that's the... uh, For failure to report an affair. Mm. (laughs) And, And those... Those are where our heroes are right now. Um, so when next we join each other, uh, the four of you will not have any knowledge of one another. This is you, you will meet and introduce one another um, during the, the Caldwood venture. Um, I will say that um, you are on a Freestar Collective ship, so you aren't in like the big space freestar collectives basically like space cowboys mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more um i don't want to say lawless but it's not really under the um the the jurisdiction of the the larger um groups which kind of a wild united West colonies like one horse town sheriff type jail yeah um PC Gamer uh, describes them as the obligatory Space Cowboy faction. Um, okay. So that's who you're kind of dealing with right there. So uh, your homework uh, will be to kit them out with what they would have. And this does include weapons and stuff like that, because that's a thing that you may have this, you know, again, Wild West, people are expected to have, you know, uh, their irons on them. Um we've already kind of talked about the our rollable tables to figure out how you got into trouble and what presumably your trouble is and um the next time we play we will start our adventure um so if there are any questions about uh your character equipment anything like that you can reach out to discord um in general uh this is a d20 based system when you're doing combat and you do damage, weapons do a flat rate of damage. Uh, when you're in combat, basically tasks, enemies, everything has a level. And that level ranges from 0 to 10. And the higher the level, the more capable the person, uh, the more deadly the enemy, the more difficult the task. Um, you multiply that number by 3 to figure out what your target number is on a d20. But Jared, you said the difficulties go up to 10. If you multiply that by 3, it's 30. How in the hell am I supposed to hit that on a D20? This is where things like your skills and your effort and things like that help reduce the difficulty. So when we said that you were trained in um, social interactions, for example, if I said that something was like a a difficulty 4, it reduces it to a difficulty three. Then you could spend effort to reduce it to a difficulty two. Or if you had any type of assets or anything like that, you can do these things and you can stack them to reduce the difficulty. So now instead of trying to hit a 30 on that D20, now you're trying to hit something like a 15 or maybe even a 12, which becomes a bit more likely. So it it comes down to how can I justify these skills, which are pretty nebulous but you know 
if I can convince the GM it makes sense, then okay, now I've just reduced the, the level of difficulty. How can I use these skills and assets and stuff like that to make my job uh, a bit easier? And I think before we go, I, uh, I got these cool asset decks. Uh, let's see here. No, not that. I need the actual deck. So um, I've got these asset decks, and I'm going to deal out some assets that you all will have, and you'll be able to uh, use during the adventure. So I'm going to deal two cards to everyone, and these will just be some random assets you'll have that you'll be able to um, use later. So let's see here. It's not going to let me look at them. That's cool. I don't know if that was the intended behavior, but I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Dave has an asset called One Step Ahead. You think of a way to get the jump on them. The difficulty of any initiative task is decreased by one step. Um, and also, you. I didn't want to steal it. No way. I say, no way, don't steal that. Denied, thank you. Um, I just wanted to take a look at it there. And you also get healing insight. You see the best way to help an injured friend. The difficulty of any healing task is decreased by one step. Um, Cody, some of the assets you have are... Where do we put uh, these? Uh, they're in your hand. They're just kind of like in your deck. Cool. I really wish it would... I want to be able to see these without stealing them. This is. Uh, I got hold your breath. The difficulty of any task involving stealth is decreased by one step. Okay. And then you should have a second one as well. All right. Hit no way. But I haven't seen the second one yet. Um. It it keeps. Okay. Oh, it, it was there. Like the the. Right, um, here, don't do anything. Yeah. The, the area Oratory. is so small. Okay. Oratory. You see a way to influence many at once. You, the difficulty of any interaction task is made to influence or persuade more than one person or creature is decreased by one step. Hmm. Interesting. Oratory. There we go. Uh, May, you have no impediments. You think of how best to navigate or use your surroundings to move quickly. The difficulty of any speed-based task is decreased by one step. Uh, okay. You also have mechanical intuition. It seems obvious how this thing should work. The difficulty of any task related to machines or devices is decreased by one step. Cool. Then, Michael, you have not a friend. You're feeling brave. The difficulty of any task involving resisting fear is decreased by one step. And mimicry, uh, you just follow their lead. The difficulty of any task you undertake that another character has just succeeded (laughs) at is decreased by one step. Uh, So these cards are kind of just like one-time use, get-out-of-jail-free type things. So these are just like assets that you can use to help ease particular tasks and stuff. So these are... okay. These are little gifts from me to you. So these aren't like full-fledged like skills or anything. They're just like coupons that you can use to uh, get yourself out of trouble. Like it. So um, that said, I think we hit all the high points that I wanted to 
uh, do tonight for a session zero. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, go through, uh, make sure you get all of your, your stuff, for your characters. Again, you can drop me a line on discord. If you have any questions, as far as equipment, there is equipment in the main source book, but chapter seven of the stars are fire has probably a more robust sci-fi centric, um, equipment list. Now, uh, stars can we are pick f- from either one. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting a hoverboard. Now, uh, the Stars of Fire, <laughs> it has like three different tech levels. There's Contemporary, there's uh, Advanced, and there's Fantastic. Okay. So we're running at an advanced uh, society right now. So anything that's Contemporary is going to be a level cheaper just because okay. it, it's probably mass produced. Anything Fantastic is going to be a level more expensive and you need to confer with me before you make that purchase just because like it might not be something that kind of exists in this but advanced is going to be like sort of the high end of what you'd expect as like affordable so i'm looking at the stars are fire this includes like a communicator badge uh, ar glasses ar contacts um let's see here what is a hand scanner white noise generator lab on a chip research drone um different uh, armor like your uh, safe suit uh exoskin ship boots pressure suit um body armor like all that type of stuff utility gear the everlight uh, environmental tent repair tape roll as duct tape, but programmable matter embedded in fabric provides two assets to all tasks made related to repair using the tape and taping things together. Each roll has about 10 uses. That's pretty slick. It just knows what it's being attached to, and that's advanced. It's expensive, but that's pretty good for doing repairs and stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of... Uh, and if you don't see anything that kind of matches, like, again, use the rule of thumb for what you think something like that would cost. And, you know, it's pretty flexible uh, as far as, like, the affordability and stuff goes. So, with that said, uh, I'm really good at endings. I think I've had five false starts or false finishes on endings at this point. But that said, I think this has been a very successful uh, session zero. Next time we get together, we will start our star-filled adventure together. Mm -hmm.